two, three, hit me. It's a good, it's a good nervous though. It's like, all right, because I know this is going to go out to the world. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Life with Adam and Others podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire listeners to become great at what you do. I interview individuals and we talk about their life and the things they do to become successful. I hope this inspires you. Are you ready? Podcast is up. Episode number eight. Make some noise. Yeah, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're in the car, on the toilet, working out or on the couch, make some noise for the Life with Adam and Others podcast. Yeah, come on. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. Guys, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Please subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. Wherever you hear your podcast, just just click that subscribe button or whatever whatever it's called. I got someone super special. I was trying to get him on this podcast for say about a month, two months now. He was a busy man, but fortunately and unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, I think he has enough time now to to get on this podcast. So wherever you guys are, just come on, just start clapping your hands, start clapping your hands, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Put your hands together for my main man, Chris Capoe. Chris, where you at, man? Oh, I didn't know if I was supposed to say anything, man. <laughs> I was letting you do your thing. I was feeling all good. I was like, shoot. And I was like, this is exciting. I'm excited to meet this guy. And then it was me. It was you, man. Oh, I guess you're waiting. Okay, okay, my bad. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Capoe, head track and cross country coach at Hebron High School. There we go. That's that's what it is. So, Chris, man, thank you for coming on the show, bro. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. No problem. No problem. So, if you guys don't know, now you know. His name is Chris Capoe. Man, Chris has been a huge part of my life. We we've known each other for what like you said twenty years the other day. Yeah, man. Twenty plus. <laughs> I I still remember you being. <laughs> so tiny dude like it's crazy when i think back to that like you know go going over there and seeing tony and then there you are just like dude i mean you must have been 10 years old back then i mean it's Dang. it's been a while that's true that's true yeah i'm 29 now and dang dude that's a long time yeah you you used to come to the house you ryan how did you yeah. and tony first meet you guys met where? Man, yeah, Tony. So, right, for those of you that don't know of your listeners, uh, Tony's older brother. Uh, and so, first day, Newman Smith High School, ninth grade. You know, obviously, high school, you kind of see shows. And especially back then, we didn't have as much stuff as social media to be as exposed to things. So, a lot of nerves going into it. First day, history class. Uh, my last name is Capoe. Teacher calls on me. I mean, I still, it's like I can still picture sitting in that seat. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, but teacher calls on me and I go, here. I mean, I squeaked so bad. <laughs> like, I mean, it was terrible. Everyone starts laughing, uh, you know, and so I, I sit there and I'm, of course, like start sweating some in red. I was like, dang, that was embarrassing. Uh, you know, first day of high school, first, you know, day of class, <laughs> uh, you know, and then it gets to him and it's Tony Johnson. Uh, gets called and then he goes here and of course everyone laughs at him but you could tell it was a different it's that different type of laugh it was like ah that's funny he's making fun uh, type oh. of thing so I, I look back you know because he's one aisle over or one row over and then he's a couple seats back and so i look back at him uh you know and i was like are you is this for real uh <laughs> and, he, and he's like you know because I, I at the especially man i used to fight a lot and so i'm like oh heck nah like i guess this is this is about to happen <laughs> uh and so i look back at him and he's he says he just quietly you know leans forward and he's like hey man he's like i don't want you to be alone uh and i was oh, like what the heck like you gotta think like threw himself under the bus first oh. day of high school just to someone that he doesn't even know uh and yeah we were like i remember he like came and had lunch and it was this, Never looking back since then. I mean, he's Thanks. obviously, uh, besides you, uh, I was best man in his, I was to you, it was you and then me in a row of what, nine guys. Uh, yeah, nine guys you know, at so, his wedding. Yeah, stuff like that, where it's just like, yeah, I mean, I think that's, those are things that you can't, you can't rush. I mean, you get to, you get to build a relationship with someone by things like that. Sometimes it's throwing yourself under the bus and your brother did that. So, uh, kind of a, the short, long story of it all. Yeah, man, he definitely threw himself under the bus for me and, 
to me, that meant a lot. Yeah, he's a he is a he's a great guy, man. And you guys, you guys, the listeners, my audience, my wonderful people, you guys have heard Tony on the show. He's been on the show now twice. Uh, he was just on the show with Amanda. Shout out to those two. Appreciate you guys. Uh, but this show is about you, man. And I, dude, I can't. I, I know I said thank you, but I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. If you guys don't know, now you know. His name is Chris Capo. He is the head track coach at uh, Hebron High School. He, he was a general manager at multiple restaurants in San Diego, and he was an assistant head coach at the University of Texas and San Diego State University, and he was a head track coach at Arlington Martin High School. Crazy. You've done it. You've done a lot of stuff, bro. And speaking about speaking of San Diego, uh, you're a big part of my, you know, part of my testimony, uh, if, you, if believe it or not. So I moved to California in 2012 and I moved out there to come live with you. And you said that you were going to be my music manager and we made them and <laughs> we did it. We made the move. And, uh, what, like, what I love about you, bro, is like, when, if, if I, if I said, I'm going to do something in life, like if I say like, Hey, Chris, I'm going to do this. You're like, all right. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And I'm just like, okay. Okay. You're always like pushing people to become better. You're always pushing people to become greater and to be like a head track coach or head cross country track and cross country coach at Hebron High School. That's a big accomplishment. Like it's a huge accomplishment, bro. So could you tell us how you, like what steps it took for you to get there? Like the whole purpose of the show is you know, for me to have people on the show to tell their story, basically tell their story on how they got to where they are now. It could be, I don't know, if you're the president of the United States, it could be you're a track coach, if you're a cook, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a stay-at-home dad, whatever you are, I believe that everyone has a story. And your story is super amazing. So if you could just tell us like what it took you to become head, head track and head cross-country coach at Hebron High School along with an assistant coach at the University of Texas. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> you know, for, for me, I, I, it's, it's not that I ever became an Olympian or did anything like that, but running is definitely something that I just fell in love with. I can remember up in Massachusetts, uh, when I was younger, we had this competition that all the boys in the neighborhood uh, was who could run around the block the most times. Uh, and then, so we started doing that. And I kid you not, like, uh, you know, other kids start stopping here and there. Uh, and some, some reason during that, I just kind of got this mindset. And I don't know how old I was, nine years old, 10 years old, something like that. It's like, uh, I just remember thinking like, man, like, you know, when we grew up pretty poor background and uh, a lot of kids on that street, even though they'd hang out with us and play football with us and baseball, but then the next day they'd be the ones like fighting me and my brothers based on the fact that we're poor. Uh, you know, and so you know, while I was running, I just remember thinking like, I can beat them at this, like, you know, and it kind of like wow. stuck in my head of like, you know, I, I don't have to stop. The only thing that they can't stop me from running right now, only I will stop myself from running. And wow. So I remember we started going around the neighborhood and sure enough, you know, kids stop super early. Uh, and I kind of keep going. Some other kids are going too, and then they stop and then other kids are picking up their bikes and now they're going around the neighborhood with us. Uh, and I just remember thinking like, I'm, I'm not going to stop. Like, and so it didn't become like all day thing or anything like that, but I knew everyone was going to stop before I stopped and everyone did. And then of course wow. I went a couple more laps just to kind of, and you know, I mean, I don't know how far was it down the street and around and back up to the <laughs> other street. I mean, it might've been 400 meters when they yeah. went back at it, but to a kid, I was like, Holy, you know, it seemed like I was running a marathon every lap. Yeah. Uh, and so I just like, that's where I think the running and I kind of found peace in that. But then I, d I didn't really remember that until I got older because I didn't really put too much thought in it back then. But now, and so that's the thing. If you ask kid me, I just was like, yeah, I'm going to win. I mean, that was, if you said, why'd you do that? You know, it's a 10 year old Chris Capo. It's like, oh, I just, I was going to win. Dang. I was going to beat these kids and let them know that like, you're not going to win everything that, you know, you might, you might've won the lottery in life of your parents make more money than my parents or, uh, that type of stuff, but you're not going to beat me at this. And so fast forward, uh, you know, I play baseball, I play football, uh, growing up, 
you know, getting some different opportunities as we moved to yeah. Texas and yeah. I, I love sports and I definitely find a lot of peace in, in competition growing up because it just gives me that opportunity to really uh, be out there with people and competing at, at, you know, the best that you possibly can at that time. Uh, and so then I uh, started running cross country in high school. I mean, I did some track meets and distance stuff in uh, middle school at Dan F. Long and then Newman Smith started doing cross country and track there and then end up moving over. Hebron High School opens and I live in that uh, school district. And funny enough, the story of me getting over there is I get in a, a fight in uh, 10th grade and I get in trouble and then they find out that I don't live in district. And so they kind of uh, oh. give me the boot over to Hebron High School. I was yeah. always wondering how you went to Hebron High School. I yeah. And point. so, uh, you know, when uh, hindsight, it was probably one of the best things that happened, even though it's a, it was a whole different world. Uh, to me, because Newman Smith was, I mean, there was a lot of kids that were growing up the same way I was growing up. Uh, and so getting over to Hebron High School became a really a blessing because, you know, when there's just not, which not that there was, wasn't, but the people I was hanging out with, like, they just weren't doing the dumb stuff. Like, they weren't doing the dumb things that I was doing previously at Newman Smith. Now, did I continue to get in trouble? Yeah. Did I continue to get in fights? Yeah. They were different now, right? It was almost back to that childhood thing of, uh, yeah you know, kids being, cause they have, their parents have money and mine don't. And they think they can say whatever. And I'm used to now after, you know, being around Newman Smith and stuff, it's like, Oh, if someone talks to you that way or about your family that way, like, you know, you, you're typically going to end up in a fight. Yeah. Uh, and so in my mind, it was like, Oh, these kids are attacking me. I need to do something about it. And so I would get in fights and get in school suspension and uh, suspended from school and different things of that. But the part that, you know, Kevin Helm, Coach Kevin Helm, he's coaches down at Round Rock now. He was my high school coach junior year. So first year we had a softball coach, which was a terrible experience uh, at Hebron High School. Uh, and then so junior year in comes Coach Helm from a, he came from a Carrollton Christian Academy and he comes over and this guy just cares. You can just tell like yeah. instantly he cares. Uh, and so you don't know it at the time. Again, uh, I'd always sit there, you know, I think people talk about the past, like they knew it the way they know it now. It's like, no, I, I don't know. I just knew that this guy was treating me the same as everyone else, which was different for now. Hebron. Like, okay. He wasn't treating me different because I had money uh, or because I didn't have money. He was just, you know, wanted to coach me. And I was like, man, I love this. Like, and so it was fun. And it started being that. And I, I mean, I always think back to that. It's like, we, we built that thing from the ground up. There was, you know, seven total boys and girls that first year uh, with that softball coach. Uh, and I'm the fast. And they're like, you're so fast. And it's like, nah. yeah, I knew because I went to New Smith. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that fast. Like, you know. Oh, so, okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. So, so you, you guys had a track coach from, uh, track coach, um, I'm sorry, a softball coach coaching track. Yeah. It's softball <laughs> coach coaching cross country. Oh, oh she yeah. Wouldn't, cross country. She wouldn't even oh. let us leave the campus. Oh, dang. So we just oh, had to run. Dang. Yeah. Okay, so we would run all our runs just around the school. Okay, okay. So you left there. So and then you got a new track coach from C CCA. Yeah, Carrollton Christian Academy, and then he came. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so he comes over, and I mean, uh, I, I'm probably giving you the very long version of this, but he comes over, and like I said, he just you could just tell he cared. He wanted us to be good. He wanted to be good, uh, and he starts instantly like taking it up a notch. And so one of the big things was like we need to recruit kids. So in comes Brandon Jones, who's an All-American wrestler. Marcus Foster, who's oh, on the dang. varsity basketball team. Uh, you know, like, but we, and so we become like this little group and we start recruiting. I mean, we start recruiting, of course, high school boys, recruiting a, uh, a bunch of the kids that we know. And then we're uh, recruiting soccer kids, soccer girls, soccer. I mean, it was like, we were trying to get everyone we could. And I think that first year we went from seven to like 35. Uh, and then junior to senior year, we went from like 35 to like, I don't know, 45, 50. I mean, we just like, we were growing fast because someone was there that cared, you know, cared enough to, to let the program grow. Uh, and so I, I just remember how the biggest thing of that, which I love those times. I mean, we would dance on the parking lot before cross country meets at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, when <laughs> the back of Marcus Foster's truck, but it's like those, those times were they were extremely hard and yet at the same time, extremely rewarding and fun. And, full of love and encouragement. And so I, I just think some stuff like that. And then unfortunately I, I don't go, uh, you know, straight to college. I don't even know how to get to college. I mean, I'm in my family, I'm the first one that graduates from college. And so 
I graduate high school and I have no clue what to do. I, at first I'm doing nothing. Uh, wow. I, uh, start waiting tables, uh, you know, that type of stuff. And it's like, man, like, I know I still want to run, but I'm not running now. I'm just working. I work at macaroni grill and I'm eating a bunch. <laughs> you know, my buddies have gone to the Navy and, uh, next thing you know, Ryan's living out in San Diego in the Navy. And so he kind of gives the opportunity of like moving out there. And so I'll fast forward a lot of this part and you can obviously come back to anything that you have questions yeah, about, yeah, but definitely, uh, definitely. I ended up uh, running at Cal State San Marcos. The head coach there was Steve Scott, who's a three-time Olympian, American record holder in the mile for 25 years. Uh, and, I, and it was great. I mean, I, I have some of my best friends from that team. I uh, had a great experience just being able to run and keep competing. From there, I end up, uh, which he gives me the opportunity to volunteer coach after I graduate high school. And so I do, even though I'm working everything on the side. So do that. And then uh, from there, I'm thinking, man, like I want to, I'm, man, I'm applying to all these jobs. And I think this is probably where it really comes in. I'm getting no responses. And I'm like, man, I'm not even getting like talked to. What kind uh, of jobs? So I, what what kind of oh, jobs yeah, are you, are you applying jobs. to? I was oh, coaching jobs? Every, okay. every single coaching job. I mean, as far as college, because what I, I knew too is like, if you want to be in college, you usually need to start in college. It's hard to go from high school to college. Uh, okay. okay real, 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 real quick, real quick. So how did you know that you wanted to be a, uh, uh, a coach? Like when, when did you make that decision? Was it, was it in college or was it in high school? I was in, it was in college. In high school, I wanted to be a firefighter. Uh, which I think that oh, that's nice, the theme nice. that I reflect back on is I wanted to be someone that helped people, uh, okay, and not even necessarily okay. help people, but just like, you know, we're, was there playing a bigger role in the world, yeah. uh, not just kind of doing my own thing or worrying just about myself. And so, yeah, that, and in college, that's where I kind of hit me. And I was like, man, like I love being, I loved every day, even when h- days are hard and it doesn't mean every day I felt like running and. I was definitely tired and you know, you have all your silly stuff going on in life. Uh, but I loved every single day showing up to practice, you know, nice. being able to be out there with a team and a coach, uh, that's excited to see you and excited to coach people. Uh, I just thought that that was amazing. I mean, that to get to live that type of life is pretty, it seemed inspiring. Yeah. Uh, and so from there, I, I, what I end up doing, and that's where I was saying, I think this was a key part is I ended up reaching out. I finally, figure out like, man, I need to ask people that have been there, how did they get there? Uh, and so I send probably a hundred emails to college coaches Dang. and just like asking. And I kept it short as could be. Cause I knew like, man, like, you know, people don't typically want to give you uh, a ton if it's too much. And so I, I kept it short and sweet. I just said, introduce myself. This is, and I, I mean, it was like two sentences, three sentences max where it was like, Hey, I'm Chris Capo. I'm volunteer coaching at Cal State San Marcos under Steve Scott. Uh, you're so, I want to coach at the college level. You're someone doing it and doing it successfully. Uh, I don't need anything more than if you could just possibly tell me how you got there. You know, like, and I started trying to mine that out from people. Like, how did you get to where you are? Oh, wow. uh, and a lot of people didn't respond, but a lot of people did respond. I mean, I got responses from University of Texas, from Florida State, from Princeton, uh, from Portland, from Washington. I mean, there was all these coaches that did respond and there was tons that didn't. Uh, but every single time that I got one, I was so excited. I mean, I was fired up that they took the time to answer. And some of them were two sentences. They said, yeah, you're going to have to work your way up. You know, you're going to need to assist underneath someone like you are doing. Uh, and if you want to get it, because we were at NAI school and he's said, you know, a lot of people would say, if you wanted to go to D1, then you need to go assist under a D1 coach. You know, you, you're going to need to take the back seat and just learn and, uh, build connections and work your way up. And yeah. so uh, that's where things kind of come in place with the uh, University of Texas. So uh, uh, Tia, who Tia Martinez, well, Tia Reagan now, uh, she's married, has kids, all that great stuff. But she was a longtime friend forever. And so she lives in Austin at this point. And so she's kind of getting back into running and dabbling in it. And this girl's a state champion. Uh, cross country in high school. And so she's just kind of running and she's been out of high school now for a while and she lives in Austin. And I just talking to her one day and I think that's where a lot of things happen is we don't use our words powerfully enough, but I just shared with her of, Hey, you know, how cool would that be if I got to coach at university of Texas? Like what, what would that be like? Wow. 
to be able to do that. Uh, and so then that, that was it. Like, you know, it was just kind of like a thrown out there type of thing. Uh, and then, you know, California is two hours behind Texas. And so all of a sudden I'm sleeping and it's like, I don't know, 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Uh, I'm man- I've, while I'm volunteering coaching, I'm managing a restaurant at the same time. Uh, and so I'm asleep uh, on Saturday morning and then Tia tries calling. I remember I, I see it and I was like, what the heck? And I just like, you know, send it to voicemail. She tries calling again. I send a voicemail again. Then she calls again. I was like, dude, like maybe something's wrong. Like I need to answer this. Uh, <laughs> like I was like, what is happening? Uh, and then so I answer it and she's like, Hey, I just ran this race. And I was like, cool. Like what, how'd it go? And she's like, Oh, it was good. I won. And I don't know. She ran like 19 flat or 1830 or, uh, something that still is really good. But, uh, you know, and I was like, that's awesome. She goes, yeah, but that's not what I'm calling for. She's like, at the race, she's like, uh, the university of Texas coach for the women's team was there. And so I just said, Hey, like by any chance, are you looking for a assistant coach? And he said, actually, I, I am looking for one. And she's like, Oh, I have this friend down in California that he's looking for opportunity to be able to get into coaching. Uh, and he said, okay, here's my number, my email, like have him contact me. Dang. And I'm just like, dang, like this is crazy. Uh, but then here's the crazy part, right? Cause even as stuff like that starts happening, you know, us as people, we kind of hesitate, you know, like, and so uh, a week goes by, all of a sudden Tia's like, text me and like, Hey, did you reach out to, uh, Steve? And I'm like, Nope. And she's like, why <laughs> not? Like, you know, like, I mean, I remember she was just like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, I, I, I didn't do it. And she's like, goes, Chris, you need to reach out. And like the next day she hits me up again. Like, did you do it? And I was like, no. And uh, she calls me later at day and she's like, Chris, just send the email, send something like, I don't understand. She's like, why would you not, you know, and this is why I think she's also as successful as she was at running and everything she does. I mean, she's just a, she's, she's like chomps on some and she just goes. Uh, and so she really pushed me to do it. And I do, I sent an email, um, uh, you know, just saying, Hey, I just wanted to check about the possibility of possibly, you know, assistant coaching under you at university of Texas. Uh, he doesn't say anything back for a couple of days, then respond and just says, Hey, like maybe we can find a time to talk. Uh, and me that at this point, I'm kind of now going with like the man, I want to create whatever possibility. So I haven't done any of this, but I emailed back and I guess you can call it lying, but it's more of like forecasting what I was going to do. <laughs> I emailed back and was like, like, Hey, I'm going to be in Austin in a couple of weeks. Uh, could we meet then? You know, would that be a good time for you to be able to meet? Nice. And so he, and I hadn't bought any ticket or anything like that. I just figured I would, you know? And so that's where it's yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. lying, but it wasn't really because I would go do that for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he responds in what is this 2012? And he responds back and says, Hey, uh, you know, and I think it's May or somebody's like, if you haven't bought a ticket yet, he's like, we're actually going up to Oregon for the Olympic trials. And we have a house there. Like if you want to come stay with us, then you can come and we can kind of be around you and see, you know, what it's like being around for a couple of days. And if you want, you, you know, we probably have an extra ticket here or there uh, for some of the races. So if you want to check some of that stuff out uh, and we can meet and see if it's a good fit. And wow. I was like, absolutely. I mean, that day I bought the ticket and I was like, nice. Hey, like what, you know, and so ends up, I end up going up there. I stay with them for a couple of days. I get to go watch the, the 10k, uh, which was crazy. You know, just, it was awesome. Just the whole experience of it all go on runs with them. Uh, and so we get to stay at that house and meet some of the people. And so I'm super grateful. I mean, it's just, like, you just got to think like how that came out of nothing. Uh, and then he says, look, I'm going to let you know by what do you say? Uh, end of, end of June, I think he said. Uh, and so I was like, awesome. Or, and, or maybe it wasn't, maybe it was the end of July or no, it was middle of July. I'm gonna let you know by July 15th or some of that sort. And yeah. so also July and I'm like, cool. And I think like, all right, I need to now respect his word and, let it be. I, I get home and I just send a message, text message just said, Hey, I really appreciate you bringing me up. Meant a lot. Uh, thanks so much. No response from him. And I'm like, dude, you know, you're always <laughs> looking for that little bit of reassurance. Yeah, like, you're like, Oh dang. Yeah. But I'm like, okay, like he is still up there at the living trials. Like, hello, like, and I, and I leave it be, uh, then July 15th comes and I'm thinking, here we, you know, I'm, I'm weird on stuff like that. Like you tell me July 15th, I'm waiting July 15th. Like you're getting, like you're thinking about it as important as I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's not always the way it is. And so 
I'm sitting there and I'm like, come on, come on. Nothing. A week, another week goes by. Uh, nothing. All of a sudden I'm like, well, dude, man, I guess I gave it my best shot. Like this might just be where I am. Uh, you know? And then I'm like, well, I get at least like reach out. And so I send an email just said, Hey, just want to see what, if you thought about the possibility of me being able to coach under you at university of Texas, I'd love to learn anything and everything I can from you. It'd mean a lot. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wait, I wait a couple more days. Uh, I, I make a phone call because now I'm kind of like on it, right? It's like, dude, I've opened this door. I need to like beat this door until it either opens or closes, uh, you know, one way or the other. So then yeah, I call, yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't answer. I leave a voicemail. Same thing. Hey, just checking in to see the possibility. I know we talked about mid July. Uh, I just wanted to follow up and uh, see what you're thinking. Uh, I know you said that there was someone else that you were thinking of, but I want to see where you're at with all that. Nothing. I mean, it's like probably another week later. And all of a sudden I like, I remember being like, Oh shoot. Like I, I'm going to have to just, I think I'm going to be a restaurant manager. Like, okay, well, if that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to be the best one uh, there is. And so I all of a sudden get on the computer, I open it up. I start looking at jobs. Also my phone ring, Austin, Texas. Uh, no number. And I'm like, no cool. way. I'm like, this is unreal. I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, Chris. And I was like, yes, sir. Uh, and he's like, so I'm guessing you're still interested in the position. I said, yes, sir. And he, he said, okay. He's like, be here August 15th. And I said, all right, I'll be there. I like literally, that was it. Uh, that day I go up to the restaurant I put in my, uh, two weeks, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like I, I, I figure I'm just going to pack up and go. I call Tia. I'm super fired up. I mean, I'm like, dude, you, you're giving me a chance to go out there. I have no clue what I'm going to do even when I get there, where I'm going to live, how I'm going to do this, uh, anything of that. But it's just one of those things of like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, like you, sometimes you just got to, I've heard it said before, like you got to throw your hat over the wall, you know, because if, and I don't know exactly where that story comes from, but I heard what it is like a dad's walking with his sons and, uh, they walk up somewhere and I guess the, the gates are closed and they need to buy like food for their family. And, and, uh, which again, the story could be totally wrong, but I'm still going <laughs> to say it like it's true. Uh, the, but he, the dad says, you know, sometimes you, you got to make it where you have to, where you have to go and do things that are unnatural to you. And so he says, well, what do you mean? And so he takes the, the hat and he throws it over the wall. It's like, well, are you going to go get your hat or not? Uh, wow. And I think it's the same thing. It's like, sometimes you have to be where it's either you're going to go do it or you're not, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And so that was my thing. It's like university of Texas. I mean, and it's still, I mean, I loved the time that I had there. I, I always tell people it's like kind of crazy. Uh, Cause I was living like so modestly to be able to do that but it was like the best time of my life. Uh, you know, yeah. and so we, we take those things for granted too, uh, that comfort and all of this, and nothing's wrong with all that, but it's like, man, it was so unknown, but so exciting and so full of adventure and meeting new people and, uh, all of that. And so I remember I talked to Tia probably a couple of days before I'm going heading that way. And she's like, yeah, I talked to Steven. He's like, is he coming? Cause he just kind of said he'll be here. And he said, I just told him, Oh yeah, that's Chris. Like he says, he'll be there though. He'll be there. Uh, you know, type of thing. Hey, uh, hey I don't, I don't want to cut you off. I, well, I am cutting you off, but before we, before we keep going on the story, I have a, I have a real important question. So yeah. like what, <laughs> not getting those emails, not getting the texts, not getting the callbacks, that could have been your stopping point, bro. You know what I mean? Like for your life. And I think that is so, uh, just, just so, I mean, I'm just going to say amazing, just so amazing to see you pers to be so persistent in that at that time, like what made you keep going? You know what I mean? Like, why did you continue to push? Why did you continue to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing? Cause a lot of people would have just gave up like, Oh, he didn't call me. I guess I didn't get it. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, I even reflect on that a lot because I think like, man, I was so unreasonable at that point. Uh, you know, and so I don't know if it was me being naive. I, I do think that, you know, I, I am a Christian. So I think that a lot of it comes down to that. But at the end of the day, which I think you might have told me or your dad might have told me the story of like, you know, people praying and it might just be an old story of 
like, you know, when a boat comes and says, no, God will save me, a boat comes, no, <laughs> yeah, God will save me. Yeah. And it's like, then they drown and they're like, God, I thought you were going to save me. Like, I sent boats. Like, I don't know. Like, you, you got to save yourself too. Uh, and so I think that there's that part too, that you got to be willing to jump into things. Uh, you know, and I, and I definitely was. And so I, I think it just became one of those moments. And, and for me too, I was doing a lot of like self-development uh, on myself and reading books and uh, exploring different things that could be. And I had friends such as Patrick Fitzgerald uh, that were pushing me, Sean Fitzgerald, his brother, like to like really expand what I knew as the regular of life and the way that I think about this. And I try to talk about uh, sometimes at school, it's like, you know, things that used to just be common are no longer common. Like, so even right now, it's like the way that the world is to you, I get, you might be like, well, that's just the way it is. It's like, well, sure. But at some point, you know, everyone thought it was normal not to have cars or at some point people thought it was normal to have uh, school segregated just because something seems and you know, we always look at it kind of from now and I'm like, no, but really put yourself back there. Like put yourself back in that space. And it's like, you got to get like the world's not always the way that it's seen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just because you think that it is a certain way, doesn't mean that it actually is a certain way, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And so it's like, we get stuck sometimes in that. And I think when we look back at things, we don't actually place ourselves in those, you know, wow. that's when I was given the earlier stories of my childhood. It's like, you know, uh, would, would 10 year old me be saying, uh, Oh man, like I just knew I was going to beat these kids. It's like, heck no. 10 year old me is scared and whatever. It's yeah. just, it just wants to win, just wants to win in life. You know, like, it's like, if you ask 10 year old me, it's like, I don't know. I just wanted to win. Like, I mean, it'd be something so simple. Uh, mm. and so the same thing, it's like, you look back at those times and I can't tell you exactly why. And I, I know I'm kind of rambling here. It's like, but I just this had this like profoundness of like, yeah, I'm going to be, un- if you want unreasonable things in your life, then you're going to have to be unreasonable. And it's unreasonable to keep following up with someone that's not hitting you up. Like that persistence, persistence in life is unreasonable often, you yeah. know, like, cause usually yeah. it's when things are hard that you have to be the most persistent. You know, if someone not responding to your email, to your phone call, to your text message, it's like, it's unreasonable to still think there's a chance, but there was, you know, and luckily mm-hmm. there was enough that I ended up getting to get that chance. And so imagine I did stop my whole life would, I, I probably would be making more money or, you know, managing a bit. Like I, I was always applauded when I was restaurant manager of being really good at that. It's like, cool. Uh, at the same time, like, you know, when you're the difference that I always thought about is when I would go to work and people were so unhappy to be at their jobs, it's like, that wasn't exciting to be around. But when I would go to practice and people were so excited to be at practice, gosh, I love that. And like, yeah, how, that's good. How do you, where do you get that in life where people are chasing their very best? Uh, and it's nothing bad. I still love, like, I always think about like owning restaurants and different things of that sort. Uh, but it's like, I just knew it was a different field I wanted to play in. I want to play in the field of, man, like, let's see people be at their best. You know, the psychology and physical wise brought me to running. Uh, but that really is anything. I, I love performance. I lo- like, that's where I was telling you to start the, the whole talk today, too. It's like, I love watching you do things that are creative. I loved your music stuff. I love all that stuff, man. Like, I, yeah. I just think that that's a great when people really are into something. I, I, I don't know, man, like there's no price on watching someone become the best at what they want to be the best at. That's I mean, good. so that's it's good. The, yeah. No, so that's, the, that's good. The persistence is, which like I said, I think I'm going all around the world with no, it. No, this is good, bro. Keep going. This it just was like the whole, it, it was the whole profoundness of like, look, I, I want some, I want to see, you know, like I really want to see, uh, what it's like, you know, what it, what it's like to be able to perform at that highest level. And the only way I'm going to get there is by doing things differently. I can't do, and people say it all the time, but how often do people really do it? It's like, you can't do what you've always done. If you want something different, I could not coach at university of Texas. If I want to stay, you know, in San Diego and nice, you know, San Diego weather and all that, it's like, I had to change something. Yeah. Uh, other parts is usually I probably wouldn't a lot of times in life, if things didn't go uh, real well, it's like, I probably did give up too soon instead of saying like, Hey, what if I dug in deeper? What if I, what if I really expanded this and, and said, let's be unreasonable, you know, let's be unreasonable wow. with this friendship or with this relationship or, you know, and, and it's, it's those times that probably have, uh, 
you know, lost a bunch of opportunities. And I think this time it was like, yeah, let me see if I could, you know, let me really, really see, uh, what the possibility of this was. And I think it, it, once you kind of do that, your life is instantly changed. And that's where, you know, tons of books talk about it's like your life changes in a moment. Your life changes when you choose, I'm going to be unreasonable. It changes. It changes right then. It doesn't take you having to do anything for it to change. It's that you've actually chosen that. I, I tell my kids all the time, if you choose to be an elite athlete, you act different, you talk different, you walk different, you train different. It's like everything changes because your goal is so big that you have to. Uh, mm. And so th- it's like you, you got to get that with anything that you really want to go after. It's like things cannot, you keep showing up to it the same way. You're going to keep showing up and getting the same things. And I don't care. Like that's, you know, whatever your story is, it, you'll probably show up that way at work with a friend, with your wife, with your kids, with a job, with a, it's like, and so you get that kind of same level of result in everything you do. Uh, wow. You know, and so this is one of those opportunities, I guess, in life. And yeah, in my story where it's like, I didn't want the same result. I wanted more. Uh, wow. And you know, and I carried myself that way. And I think that then you, when you do, you show up differently. Mm. So Dang. that's really the long answer to that. But yeah. No, I, I, uh, I no, I love that. I love that, bro. I, I, I thank you for saying that because every time I, I mean, but believe it or not, bro, ever, ever since I've known you, that's how you've, you've been. And I know there's, there are times where we all get down. There's times where we all just want to sleep. We all don't, we just want to not do the next best thing. Like, like you, like you touched on, but it's just so cool to see you actually going after it as hard as you did. Cause I was there in California when you were going through this process, but it's cool to, to hear the story now. What was it like? Uh, uh, eight years ago, that was eight years ago Yeah, that <laughs> this happened. And to see your, to hear your side of it is super, super awesome. Um, so yeah, I thank you absolutely. for sharing that answer. It's just like, cause, cause you know, I, I've seen you ups and I've seen your downs, but this was on your up, but it, it was just, it was just different, man. You just wanted it more. You just, you just wanted it more. So, so you end up going to university of Texas and how long did you stay there at that? At I was that only position? there for, for uh, about a year. Uh, there was uh, some turmoil that was happening at university of Texas, uh, where there's some coaching changes and combining of the girls and guys, uh, programs. And so there was a lot of like turnover about to occur. And so, Crazy enough during that time. And again, gosh, I love that experience. I always say like, uh, which really sounds like a big cop out, but I always think like, man, uh, you know, I've talked to people. I'm like, dude, I was like different during that time. Uh, and I think it was just like, you're so fired up about life. Like you're almost like unstoppable. Uh, and so then from there, uh, you know, now I kind of have these tools in my toolbox of like, you know, Hey, be unreasonable. So as that's all happened, I'm like, well, shoot, like I need to be looking for, and I, gosh, I learned so much and I did so little as far as like actual coaching. Uh, I always am open mm-hmm. with people. It's like, I just, I, I sat there. I remember first three months, I don't even know if I said a word to the team. Wow. I, I would just sit there and listen and I would just take it all in and I would pay attention. And it's like, I don't know if you could ever discredit how much you could learn by just watching someone else. Like I tell kids all the time, like one of the best things that I think people could do is uh, you know, give your most valuable asset, give your time, like go learn from someone that's at somewhere you want to be because dude, it's invaluable. I, I, I learned a lot of things. You learn things that you really liked. You learn things that you didn't like, uh, you know, and now again, you're going to always put your own spin on it, but it was, it was, gosh, the value of that is immeasurable. I mean, it was, it was huge. So that happens. And then as that's all happening, I, I reach out to San Diego state, uh, and crazy enough. So I think like, man, I, you know, I'm only a year into this part of being D one. And so then I reach out to that distance coach and he's like, actually crazy enough. He's like, I have some family stuff. Uh, I'm going to be leaving. But I told coach Burrell, who's the head coach at San Diego state that I would help her find a replacement. So if I could maybe connect you to her, uh, and then you guys could talk about it. And I was like, absolutely. So then we end up talking and, you know, fast forward again, crazy enough, just being open to the possibility that this could be an option is that's my first opportunity to get to coach. You know, I was assistant coach of that program for sure, but I was head distance coach. Like I got to coach it and see like, 
you know, I got to make the workouts. I got to put it in San Diego state. Okay. San Diego. So, so you left from being like an assistant at university of Texas and then you was assistant, the distance coach at university of Texas. Okay. And now I get to go be the distance coach at San Diego state. I'm still an assistant coach, uh, but I get to be the distance coach there. So I get to make the workouts and, you know, see if I can progress things on my own. Yeah. Which is really exciting. Cause again, now you're looking at it in a way of, can you do this? Are you as good as you think you are? Uh, you know, and, and it was tough, man, it was challenging. And that's where I also think like, there's no, I can tell you all day what it feels like to run a four thirty mile. Uh, it's like, until you go do it, you don't know what, what it feels like, you know? Uh, and I'm not saying I could do that right now. That's crazy. <laughs> a four minute uh, but, and 30 mile, <laughs> but you know, but at, at the same time, Ooh. or even just running a mile in general, if, but if you've never run a mile, you don't know what it feels like. You don't know that experience. And so, uh, yeah. I think it's like being able to bridge that gap of like, okay, this is what it, now you get to experience what it's like to lead a program. And some things went really well and some things went horribly wrong. I mean, and, uh, it's unfortunate, right? Like, you, you know, sometimes the, the path to get to where you want to be is a lot of hardship and a lot of failure and a lot of upset times and, you know, things that probably do knock you back. That's not the ideal way. I wish I would have uh, learned more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. without having to learn while doing it at the same time, you know, that's, that's the opportunity that I had. And so I, I did learn by making mistakes and some things went really, really well. And some things went really, really bad, you know? And so <laughs> it's like you had the balance of those things but, but, uh, from there. Yep. No, no, keep, no, keep going. Keep going. Sorry. I was going to say, so uh, then, yeah, from San I know this is, I didn't really expect it to be this long, but from San Diego State. No, this is good, uh, bro. This is good. We're learning so much through this whole process because like what I'm getting now is like you, le- you, you leave tech. No, just keep, keep going. Keep going. I don't want to yeah. interrupt anymore. Keep going. That's good. So San Diego State, I'm there for two years. Uh, and towards the end of the, the second year, one, which in, this is again, these, these crazy moments in life where you don't really know, like, uh, you know, I'm dating a, a girl and she lives in Texas. And so she lives in Texas. Uh, she's a teacher and I'm in San Diego and we're flying back and forth. We're going to friends' weddings. Uh, one of them ended up being your wedding, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, but you know, and so we're doing that whole thing. And then, so, uh, and right before we started dating, my dad passes away, oh, uh, you know? Man. Yeah. Which is, it's tough, man. I, I always tell people and I don't, we didn't have necessarily always the, the greatest relationship, but we ended really in a peaceful, like I'm so grateful for the growth that I had up to that point. Cause it just seemed like perfect. Like there was no hate in my heart. There's no, like, you know, you're sad. Cause yeah, you, you lose your dad, but I was really at peace with it. I think that's kind of a, mm. a big thing in my life, like where I don't know if I normally would be at peace with a lot of things, you know, from a relationship ending to a, you know, obviously to a parent passing away to a job to this or that, you know, it's, it's looking for the, oh, I could have done that better. I could have insight. Like, but with my dad, I mean, I went and got to see him in December. He ends up passing away at the end of January. Uh, and it seemed just good. Like, you know, like wow. we laughed and talked and, you know, I, I had a moment a couple years before that where we talked on the phone and I think that's one of the things that helped kickstart a lot of stuff was made peace with like just being grateful for him being my dad. Like just simple as that. Like nothing else. Not you owe me this or you didn't do that or about it. It's like, no, just like, man. Uh, And there was a lot of peace in that. And so I think even for him, I think that gave him a lot of peace because he had had a lot of health complications. Uh, And so a part of that was always hard you know, was when my dad passed away, it was man, my mom, my brothers, my nieces and nephews live in Texas. And so there was already that draw. Then obviously now I'm dating a girl that lives in Texas. So there's now that draw. Uh, and so it, it's hard, you know, like I'm kind of out there being selfish on my own about being in, you know, coaching at San Diego State and all this uh, while my dad's passed away and my family's all in Texas. Mm. So I think the biggest thing pulling me back was my family. You know, like I wanted to be, if something went down, say, you know, prime time right now during all this, like if I need to, I will go over to my parents and my brothers, whatever, like my parents, my mom's uh, brothers, like I can be there for them. I can make yeah. sure that like I, I can drive yeah. down the street and uh, yeah. go see them. So I think that that's a huge thing, uh, opportunity to be able to have. And I, I got an opportunity to go coach at Arlington Martin High School. And it's, uh, you know, to be the, head boys cross country assistant track coach uh out there uh, 
great uh, women's coach, Julie Pennick, uh, who I loved coaching with. I still say she's probably one of, one of my most favorite people to coach with. Uh, but we just had a great time together and, you know, pushing that program forward. And he was all in, I was all in. Uh, and so just a, a lot of those moments. And from there, I'm there for two years. Uh, you know, and I get to coach this, I got to coach a couple of really great kids. Uh, but as far as time wise, I got to coach a kid that was really outstanding as far as he ended up being top 10 in the country uh, and got recruited to Ole Miss, which actually he got recruited by University of Texas and Baylor. And of course, a lot of schools, Texas A&M, but ultimately goes to Ole Miss. Uh, yeah. And the kid's a stud and we, gosh, I mean, just had a great time. Uh, just being able to do that. And the, people would ask me while I was at Arlington Martin, like, would you leave here? Like, would you go to a different high school uh, type of thing? And my, my answer was always like, ah, I don't really think so. I think the only place I would go is Eburn, you know, my high school. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so this is kind of where we get in full circle. And so next thing I know, Eburn position is open. Uh, you know, at, right as Cade's graduating, Eburn position's open. It's that summer. Wow. Uh, uh, Julie Penix, uh, actually her, her dad had been the head coach of who Hebron's head coach is now back when they were at Louisville high school and won state championships and stuff. So uh, Julie grew up with like coach Brazel uh, being around and being like, you know, almost an uncle type figure around her when she was a kid. Uh, and so he ends up like sending an email or making a phone call. I can't remember exactly what to him saying like, Hey, like, you know, I got to coach with this guy. And I think he'd be a great fit. He went to Hebron High School. You know, she really pushes, again, these moments where people push the doors open for you. Uh, you know, and so I have a lot of gratitude towards her for that. And so, you know, he's kind of like, yeah, you know, we're, we're taking applications. I remember like one, there was a college coach that applied. Uh, there was a, I think, a couple of teachers uh, from the school had applied. Just different things of that sort that had kind of popped up. Uh, and, you know, it, it sounded like it was going to be down to the assistant coach that was there, a college coach and me. I ended up driving up and uh, I'm just like, man, I'm just going to take a chance, drive up there and see if Coach Brazel's there. Because at Arlington Martin, I mean, we're during the summer, we're doing a ton of summer training. And so I'm like, man, like if I go up there, maybe he'll be up there. Uh, and so I go up there and I walk in the field house. It's kind of unreal because I, I don't know if I'd been back to Hebron High School. I don't know, you know. And 15 years. Yeah. And so uh, I'm in the field house and I'm asking some coaches if Coach Browse is around and they're like, no, uh, do you need him for that? And I said, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, check out a cross country track position. They're like, I think you'll be back in a little bit. And then uh, they call him and he's like, yeah, he'll be here in like five minutes. And so he comes down, he walks me around, you know, shows me the field houses, shows me the school uh, stadium. And so again, one of these things where you're creating possibility that maybe wasn't even there. Right. I'm just showing up randomly, hoping yeah. that I can kind of be able to talk to him some and really like just connect without the interview process. Like I didn't go there dress. I mean, I was in shorts and a t-shirt. Like it was summer in Texas, which is hot. And it was during, it was, I think I came after we had summer workouts that morning at Arlington Martin. Uh, and so, you know, you're just kind of hoping that maybe there's opportunities to be there. He could have not been there. He could have been out of town. He could be anything. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know? and, yep. and so, I go over there and, you know, then it still have to do the whole interview process. And the interview process uh, for this district is roundtable. I mean, you have principals, you have the athletic directors, uh, you had the head, you know, he's the head boys uh, coordinator of our school. Uh, coach Browser was, but then Coach Keeney's the head volleyball coach and the head girls coordinator of the school. So all of a sudden you're in that whole process and, you know, you answer questions, you do the interview process. And then you're kind of hoping, I mean, it, and it sounded like even in that interview process that the assistant coach was pretty high up there. And then of course, a college coach that just came out of college uh, is definitely always a, a high up there on the, the rating of who's possible for this. Oh job. yeah, like, definitely. Dude, like, you know, I don't, I don't know how this will go. Uh, you know, I know I graduated from Hebron and I'm hoping, right. Like that, that, that plays out a little bit. Uh, but I, I will say like, Man, uh, they were so complimentary of everyone, right? And so Coach Pyron, uh, who's the assistant coach, you know, and to me, I treat him like he's the the head uh, track coach, especially on the sprint side. Uh, with me now, he was that assistant coach that they were contemplating uh, putting in that position. And uh, I think that obviously he'd be a great fit. Last year, he got offered a, a head track and cross-country position at Plano West High School. And so, again, 
it's hard because right sometimes you know as you're winning you don't know these other people uh that have been there and been putting the time in and the quality of them and then you get to meet them too and you're like yeah that guy would have been a great hire for the position yeah uh, definitely so and i'm grateful and again i was talking about how much i love coaching with julie uh it's like me and me and coach power are like we're we're in it i mean we like go to war to battle together and you maybe wouldn't always know it from every single result that we we post, but we love it. And we're fired up about it, fired up about our kids, fired up about Hebron High School. Uh, and so that's where I'm starting my third year, or not starting, I'm in the middle of the third year uh, with this break right now. And so, yeah, that's that's the full circle of how I got there. Like I said, I, I really didn't expect to to go that far into that part. <laughs> this, <laughs> no, I don't know. No, this, this, is, this is how this normally works, but... It, it is. It is. Uh, the no, main thing, yeah. So to summarize, I <laughs> volunteer coached. I went to University of Texas, San Diego State, Arlington Martin, now at Hebron High School. Pretty blessed by a lot of people that have been in my life and <laughs> given me these opportunities. There you go. Hey, that was a great that was a great answer to the question. Yeah. No, that's good. No, but what I got from that, bro, so you left, so you grew up Texas, you moved to San Diego, you there's an opportunity. You go to you go to San Diego, uh, you get you get um so you go to San Diego for because Ryan's out there, right? And you want to go yeah. to school and you want to run. So you end up running, go to school, San Diego. You see this opportunity, you're in comfort. I go out there, I live with you in, in San Diego. San Diego is amazing, by the way. We lived in La Jolla. Uh, okay. That's where yeah. I lived. I mean, you lived all over, but I mean, that, that place is just, it's beyond any other place in the United States. I love it. So we lived there. Then you saw an opportunity in Texas Knowing that you had to get out of your comfort zone, you had to leave San Diego, go to Texas to pursue this opportunity. Then you had to move back to San Diego because there was another opportunity. And then you moved ultimately back to Texas again. So that's, that to me is remarkable. It's like you see something, whatever it takes, you're going to go after it, whether it's living minimal, like eating ramen noodles every day, whatever it is. It's like, you see the prize, you see the sacrifices that you have to take and the sacrifices that you have to make and you go after them. And just listening to your story, bro, I mean, it's cool because, and I know Ryan and Tony and everybody who listens to this is going to be inspired by it because it's like, man, we don't really get, we're, we're doing life with you, but we don't really see all the sacrifices that you've, you've made because we're going through life ourselves. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So, so, so to hear that, it's like, dang, bro, like, whoa, whoa, what, what the heck was I doing, uh, and, and at this time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nah, and I think nah, you, but... I think you really nail it on that, man. Cause, uh, when you're talking about the sacrifices and, and things of that sort, because I, I do think about that. I mean, I, I can remember plenty of times, uh, where Tony Guadagnini, who's one of my best friends and we talk probably every day, almost, you know, whether it's a text Shout message. Tony. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's my, my dude for sure. But I remember how many times he's like, Chris, like how, how often are you going to put yourself back financially? Like, you know, like you're, you're like kind of chasing this whole thing. Uh, and a lot of time it's like, you know, if you look up like, cross country coaching jobs in college, I mean, there's some of them that are 30,000 less, you know? And so there, there just wasn't a lot of money along the way. And then, yeah, every time you're moving, you're, you're sacrificing a lot, uh, back yeah. and forth. And, yeah, you know, so there there was a lot of that, and I think that exactly we don't we don't see what other people are probably going through to get to where they are. Uh, you know, I heard it said great ones too. It's like you know people want to be Beyonce or be this person or that. It's like, but they don't know what they had to give up to get there, right? Like yeah, you know, when you hear exactly. the story of Beyonce, it's like how many. You know, uh, I was fortunate enough at San Diego State we got to meet one of her. I don't remember the name because I'm not very good at that stuff, but uh, <laughs> one of her old, uh, you know, whatever group mates uh, that she said, oh yeah, what happened is we'd get a day off from practice and I would travel. She's like, I would fly out to California to go see my boyfriend and blah, blah. And she's like, and we'd come back and Beyonce would make another song during that day. Like she didn't go party, go celebrate. Like she was working, you know? And, and when you look at most people, it's like, most people can't give up going out, whatever, Friday, Saturday night, every single week. You're talking about this is someone chasing their dream. And uh, it's like they won't even give up that one day that they have off. Instead, they're still working towards it. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's like, so, and that really stuck with me because you always think like, 
well, how did Beyonce become Beyonce? Oh, that's why. Like while you needed a break, Beyonce was working. Uh, you know, while you were maybe chasing whatever you're, which and there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's got to get to where they want to be, but that was her commitment to getting where she wanted to be. Right. That's the, this is the story of the commitment of me getting to where I want to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, when we're all going through that. It, 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 exactly. I wanted to touch on that too, because I know like, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. I can look at someone's story and get so discouraged or hear someone's story. I can at the same, like I could be so high on their story. And then within a second, I'm like put down because I'm like, dang, man, they did all this and I didn't do anything. But I want to take a step and take a step back and like, I believe we can apply what you're talking about, the go get it mentality, sacrifice to anything and everything we do in life, whether it's making a bowl of cereal for your wife or making breakfast or folding the clothes. I mean, as little as that sounds, I mean, I don't want to take away from the greatness that, you know, that you, you've done or whatever it is, but it's like, I think it's, I think it's a mindset too, bro. Like in everything that you do, it's like, you have to sacrifice something. If you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, I think been the hard part for me. And I I probably still don't get it as much uh, as I'd like to, because I really like, and it's funny because if you looked at my life, I mean, I'm sure most people would describe it as average, uh, you know, but for me, it's anything but that. Like, I think that most people are so okay with average from the self, right? Like you just said, like, doing that small thing for your wife or your husband, it's like, yeah, why, why do we not? You know, I talk to friends and stuff. It's like, you know, if you're, you're really a friend, it's like you put the time and effort into it. Like, yeah. and you can be as reasonable of why you don't have to. And no one's saying that you're wrong for that. It's just like, okay, well then just know that it wasn't that high on your priority list. If being a good yeah. husband is high on your priority list, you do something about it. If being yeah. a coach is high on your priority list, you do something about it. Uh, you know, if being an elite athlete to the athletes that I coach is high on their list, they do something about it. Yeah, if not, that's good. They don't, you know, if hanging out with your friends is, is, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like you and I have had a, a long, long, long friendship. It's like it, obviously there's nothing wrong with that. But if that is more important than, I don't know, spending time with your wife. Okay. Well, just understand that something is probably sacrificed at that expense, you know? Yeah. and so. You, yeah. You're married now. It's like, we don't hang out like we did when you lived with me. Of course not, right? It's a, it's a different way of life. And so we, we forget that. Yeah, I want to be great. Okay, do you actually want to do what it takes to be great? And yeah. if not, that's okay too. But like, that, that'd be the thing I'd say is like, just be honest with yourself. Like, it doesn't have to do with anyone else. Be honest with yourself. Like, you know, yeah. if you want to be a great friend, don't sit there and say, I always say like, I, I hate like, and I think this is one of my key points of being a coach. I don't lie to the kids. Like I don't tell them they did a great job if they didn't, not because I'm trying to ever beat them down. I tell them what things that I really think they did do well. Uh, it's That's like, good. But, and I tell them as good as I think that they could be if they'll put the work in. Because I think that people don't want to actually acknowledge, oh, you can be that good and it will be extremely hard. Like It's not going to just be <laughs> yeah, easy. Yeah. You, know, you can be an amazing husband and it's going to take a, a lot of work. Right. Like we like to sit there and be all cozy and warm and fuzzy inside and go, oh, this is going to, I'm going to do this. It's like, sure. And it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, It's like, and so you need to be able to acknowledge that part. And in that same time, you got to want to be excited about it. Uh, You know, it's, you think about the whole fact of people being excited about the jobs they do or different things of that. It's like, man, I, I, I love meeting people that are fired up about anything they do. I don't care. I mean, I really don't care what it is. You can be a teacher, you can be a janitor, you can be a dishwasher, you can be a CEO of a company. It's like, there's nothing more fun than seeing someone excited about what, they what do. they're doing. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, bro. That is exactly it. And I love that, dude. You, you, you hit on some, man, on some deep, 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 deep stuff. And, and, and it's so good. We're, we're at an hour right now. And I like to keep the podcast at that mark. But man, this is, this is bomb. I think we're at an hour. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through your bio real quick Yeah, and just point out some, some little things or not your bio, but you know, the, the whole favorites, your favorites. And I love the, what we did with Tony and Amanda, bro. We did like the quick fire, quick questions. That was pretty oh, yeah. cool. That was that a little cool. Cool, little, cool little segment. All right. So your first, pos- your, your favorite food is 
some steak and potatoes. That's right. Already. Favorite sports team, the ones I get to coach. Oh, that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, the last song you listened to was Take It Easy. Take It Easy by who? Uh, What's their name? Surfaces? Surface? I don't know that one. (laughs) Send it to you. It's good, man. I think you'll like it. So you said three things on your bucket list. Write a book, buy mom a house, and always find new adventures. That's pretty, that's pretty dope. So a book. Okay. You say write a book. What would it be like in like 30 seconds? If you could write a book, what would it be? Uh, performance, about, be, right? About. Uh, about the, I guess that'd probably be like the real cost of performance. Uh, you know, like what does it, what does it take to actually be great? Uh, you know, I don't think we focus enough on the mental side of that. And so what, what does it take? What does it look like? How can you actually intrinsically motivate yourself to be great? Dang, that's good. I would buy that and read it. All right, quick fire questions right here. You ready? Yeah. All right, we're going to do these. What here. color is your toothbrush? White and blue. <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would it be and why? A lion, because they're the king of the jungle. Who do you admire the most? Who do I admire the most? Man, that's tough. <laughs> I don't know if I have anyone that I admire the most. I look up to a lot of people. That's uh, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would maybe so, go history. That's a, I know that's not a fast answer. I'd probably go history and go like Martin Luther King Jr. I, I think that he's incredible. The way that he stood for things in life was it's super inspiring. Definitely. All right. One more. Who's your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Dude, I'm going to go with Beast from X-Men. The overlooked oh, one, but he was a okay. beast. Yeah. Why? Why is that? That's that's cool. I liked him too. But why? Why the beast? Yeah. Nobody ever. Nobody ever says the beast. I know. I think because uh, when I was, you know, when we were kids, I used to watch X Men cartoons, and so my big brother loved uh, Wolverine. My little brother picked Cyclops, and I was like, beast. Yeah, I like yeah. beast. I know, you know, it's like he's smart and he's strong. So he, he, you know, again brings that mental and physical side of things. Yeah, that's like you, bro. I can see well, that. I appreciate it. Beast, hairy, ugly, and yeah. strong. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Chris, man, thank you for coming on the show. Real quick, where can my listeners or the listeners find you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, on Twitter, for sure, is where most people uh, definitely connect with me. And so I don't even know what my handle is called. Uh, looking at Coach Capo on Twitter would probably be the most commonplace Instagram I'm on there. As a coach Capo as well. Uh, other than that, man, if they really want to get in contact, contact you. Contact me. Contact me. And I'll put yeah. in the description where they can find you. Dude, I don't I really don't even want to get off of this podcast. I'm just like, there's so much that I want to say. So, no, I so feel many- like I mostly I feel like I mostly uh only covered that, which I I don't know if I I get it's kind of weird, right? Because you get asked to be on a podcast and you're like, oh, I think I'm gonna give like nuggets of the way I think about life and uh, da, da, da. And it's like, I feel like I just told the story of like how I got there, but uh, That's I still it. think that was good. Yeah. No, it was definitely good, bro. And I appreciate it. We're going to have you back on the show. We could do like, um, I don't know, in the next few weeks, next month, whatever it is. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Life with Adam and Others podcast with the one and only Chris Capo, Coach Capo. And uh, oh, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Before we get off, when is that uh, clothing line coming out, bro? Capovio. Capovo? Capovo? Uh, I don't have any clothes in line with ca- Capovo, but. Oh, the that brand. Is a, What's the brand? That, Capovo? The brand. No, it is Capovo. Hashtag Capovo. That's, a, Hashtag that's Capovo, created man. by that, that athlete, uh, Cade Bethman. You know, he's just said there's a there's a training system in Texas that's called Pavo, which again, we don't, we have no problem with, uh, which sometimes people think it's like, but he's like, man, bump that. We don't do Pavo, we do Capovo, which all that means is you get coached by me. Especially on, and I think if I had to say the biggest thing that I think about, uh, you know, getting coached by me on is the mental side. That's what about you, Adam, man? Uh, let me, let me ask you. No, nope, we're done. Day. We're done with the show. We're done. We're yeah, done. No, uh, what, uh, <laughs> what, uh, you know, what if, if, uh, you had to choose what's your favorite memory of yours and mine together? Oh, dang. You kind of made me tear up right there. Honestly, that was a good, that was a, that hit me. If you guys want to find out, listen to the next (laughs) podcast.
Nah, um, honestly, man, there's a dude, there's a lot, there's a lot. Um, but the one that came to mind was when you picked me up from the airport, yeah, 2012, because uh, that 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 time changed my life forever for the better, and um, man, kind of getting teary out of here, but uh, that was a because that day you picked me up, um. 2012 that, that that like changed my life um but yeah yeah but all right man we're about to get off <laughs> all right brother love you man love you man that will conclude this evening's entertainment <laughs>